You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number two. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast. I help high achieving corporate women stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. Each week I'll provide tools and insights you can start using right away to transform your relationship with drinking and go from thinking alcohol makes things better to not missing it one bit. Hi all. Today we're going to talk about willpower. Now I wanted to address this topic nice and early because it's one of the most popular subjects I cover with my clients. People come to me because they want to change how they drink and they come thinking they need the willpower to drink less. They think that's really the secret source behind success and that for some reason they don't have enough. But I'm going to show you today why that's not the case. First, I want to ask, what is willpower? So I looked up its definition in the dictionary, of which there are many actually. Consider the following. It's the ability to resolutely control your own behaviour and determine your actions. Well, here's a second version. Willpower is the strength of will to carry out one's decisions, wishes or plans. Or even, willpower is the ability to delay gratification resisting short-term temptations in favour of long-term goals. And it's this latter one that appeals to me the most. Willpower is the ability to delay gratification resisting short-term temptations in favour of long-term goals. Not only does this speak to the idea of purposefully determining your own behaviour, but it does so with the goal of looking after yourself in the long run. And this makes sense, right? You want to drink the third glass of wine, but you know you'll feel better in the morning if you don't. If you don't drink it, you know you're more likely to wake up feeling sharp and ready to attack the day. You know you'll feel pleased with yourself that you didn't give in to your desires if you're trying to drink less. If you turn down that third glass of wine, you know you're less likely to wake up feeling groggy, with a headache, or even wake up worrying about what you said or how you behaved the night before. There's nothing but upside in the long term, even if in the moment you're tempted to have the drink. Sounds great, right? So why do I advise you not to rely on willpower? Well, it's because there are going to be days when you simply don't feel like being the best version of yourself. You're human. It happens to us all. There are going to be times when you have an off day, when using willpower alone is just not going to cut it. I see this with a lot of my clients. They have what I call sod it moments. You might know the feeling. Let's say you've done really well all week. You're holding yourself on the straight and narrow. You're sticking to your plan, resisting all short-term temptations in preference to your long-term goals. It feels great. But then there will inevitably come a moment, perhaps when you're tired or perhaps when you're fed up or perhaps when you're feeling overworked and you'll say, sod it. I've been really good so far. One glass won't hurt. Dangerous words. So then you drink and it might only be one glass. But afterwards, it's what happens. Afterwards, the recriminations start. That's when the the talk of beating yourself up begins. I'm so weak. Why couldn't I keep to my plan? I don't have enough willpower. I'm never going to achieve my goal. I'm useless. 
So while there is a place for willpower, there are times when it's super useful in life. It's really important to not rely on it when you're transforming your relationship with alcohol, when you're trying to achieve freedom around alcohol. And the main reason why is that willpower is a limited resource that can be depleted. I like to think of willpower as I would a bottle of water on a long walk when I'm going miles from anywhere. It's full when I start out in the morning, but over the course of the day, I use it up a little sip here or there, or perhaps a longer drink when it gets hot during the mid afternoon. But however I allocate the water, in all likelihood, I'm going to have an empty bottle or near empty bottle by the end of the day. And so it is with willpower. Although there are ways to top it up during the day, just as you would with a bottle of water, you're not going to have as much willpower at the end of the day as at the beginning. So relying on it is never going to be a good option. You see how that goes? Because you might be all out when you need it most. To continue with my water bottle example, if I were to drink most of the water during the heat of the midday, this is going to give me less resource to play with if my walk turns out to be a few hours longer than I had anticipated. I'll go to the water bottle and it will be empty. And so it is with willpower. By using it up during the day, you'll have none left in the tank at the end of the day. And when it comes to alcohol, this is the exact time where most people have the urge to drink. So you'll go to your, your reserves of willpower and there will be nothing left, right? nothing left for you to rely on. And so just remember that willpower is like a bottle of water. It's a limited resource. Learn to use it wisely. But Anna, you might be saying, I've had success using willpower before. And I hear you. I believe you can cut back or you can even quit drinking for weeks, if not months, relying on willpower. But the point is that that won't lead to permanent change. And permanent change is really all I'm interested in here. Changing a relationship with alcohol forever. But before I talk about that some more, let me give you a real example of why you don't need willpower to stop over drinking. You may have heard about the Pavlov dogs experiment where dogs had a physical reaction to a bell being rung um, with them expecting food. But actually really what happened was Pavlov's assistants would walk down a hall with food taking them to the dogs and what they found was the dogs begin to, would begin to salivate whenever they heard, just heard the footsteps, right? So the dogs became conditioned to the association between the sound of the footsteps out in the hall and food being delivered and these things produced a physical reaction in the dogs of salivating. They would you know, physically react to this. And thus a loop was established. The sound of the footsteps brought on the salivation in the expectation of the food. The food was provided closing the loop. And that last step is really important. But what is not so often told about this is that this process was also reversed. So Pavlov got it to the point where the assistant would walk down the hall so the dogs would hear the assistant, but no food was delivered. And in time, the dogs disassociated the sound of the footsteps with the food and they stopped salivating, right? They stopped having this physical reaction because they stopped expecting food to be delivered. This is really important. Just think about this. The dogs didn't resist wanting the food, right? They didn't sit there trying to control their willpower. The dogs didn't give themselves a stern talking to. 
The dogs didn't draw a line in the sand and call themselves names if they weren't able to muster their strength to stop salivating at the thought of the food. None of that happened. And we know that because they're dogs. All it took was for them to hear the footsteps and not receive the food and not eat the food. And in time, they heard the footsteps and didn't react. They literally lost the association between the footsteps and the food without any willpower being involved. And if the dogs can do it, then so can you. So I start instead by teaching people, teaching my clients to be self-reliant. We examine why they find it difficult to say no. And this has everything to do with uncovering the stories that they tell themselves about alcohol and the same is true for you. We all have stories about what it means to drink, about what it means to be the person who's not drinking, and what it means to be the person who drank too much last night and so on. And these stories will impact your ability to change the habit. You must find them. This is a critical step. For instance, perhaps you equate drinking with confidence because the most confident people you know drink. Or perhaps you've learned that whenever you hear any good news, it's a reason to pop open the bubbly. Or perhaps you equate your popularity with a group with alcohol because you find it loosens your tongue. This is really down to you. See, these are going to be different for each of us. So start by figuring out what your stories are. Write them down. Look at them objectively. Right, step out of your body, look at these as though you were a third party. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. This is about what you think. And please do this without judgment. Because these are the stories that will prevent you from changing the habit unless you find them. Because these are your inbuilt ways that you are looking this. So you're trying to change the habit, but it's almost as though you will be fighting against yourself if you don't understand where you're coming from. So in summary... There's a very simple and understandable reason why I recommend you don't rely on willpower as you transform your relationship with alcohol. It's a limited resource and you may not have enough in the tank when you need it most. And this is absolutely fine because it's totally possible to reduce your drinking or even to quit entirely without relying on willpower one bit. I really want you to have that as a takeaway. It's such, such good news. Instead, you will use self-reliance and I will teach you how. Don't worry if you don't think you have any because you do. Okay, so we'll pick this conversation up next week. In the meantime, I'm offering a free web class on how to transform your relationship with alcohol. The link for this is right there in the show notes. I've created it especially for you. Thank you so much for listening. Please do rate and review and share with someone you love. And if you have any questions, you can reach me at Anna at 90dayslater.co. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Now, whether you are looking to just take a breather from alcohol, cut back over the long term or quit entirely, I'm inviting you for a discovery session to see if we can help you over here at 90 Days Later. This is a completely free of charge, no strings attached call. If you want complete freedom around alcohol, having a coach is the way to make it happen. So what are you waiting for? You can sign up right there in the show notes. 
If you enjoyed today's show, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review to let me know and to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast. You can click in the link in the show notes for step-by-step instructions on how to follow, rate and review.